keep it up because there are so many times when everything wasn't going well. You have no idea where you're going to be in a year. Like last year, I could never have imagined myself being where I am right now. I know it's going to be the same next year. So just keep it up. Chase what you want. Podcast is fuel for your mind and creative grind. Each week, my guests and I provide the skills for thinking bigger, overcoming adversity, and making an impact with your work. What's going on? You're listening to episode 125 of the Perspective Podcast. My name is Scotty Russell of Perspective Collective, and I'm here to help you build a killer side hustle and elevate your brand outside your day job. At the end of each episode, I share a listener of the week, so stick around to figure out how you can get a shout out on a future episode in the show notes, as well as in the newsletter. If your social media game is boring and your audience growth and engagement is stagnant or non-existent, then we have the perfect guest for you today. Today, we have on the insanely talented, introverted, cat and coffee loving, lettering queen, Elizabeth Gray, aka The Greater Good on Instagram. Not only are we going to hear about her inspiring story, but she's going to blow your mind with her unique approach to building her online empire that has amassed a following over 150,000 followers around that upon this recording and today elizabeth and i are going to break down her three tips for growing an engaged audience online the importance of building a theme centered around five buckets of your interest as well as setting expectations for people Uh, we also go deep into chasing what you want in life pizza process cats and way more if you're ready to dig deep into embracing and showing your true self in your work in order to attract like-minded souls in your tribe then this episode was beamed and put out into the universe exactly for you and real quick before we get started today's podcast episode is brought to you by audible get a free audiobook download in a 30-day free trial over at audibletrial.com perspective podcast there are like 200,000 titles to choose from so you're sure to find something that you enjoy And today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at Retro Supply. Retro Supply is the leading provider of Illustrator, Photoshop, Procreate, and Affinity Design resources to make your work stand out in a fraction of the time. Go to RetroSupply.co and make sure you use promo code SCOTTY20, that's SCOTTY with the Y, to save 20% off all their resources like brushes, actions, textures, and fonts. I use them in my workflow easily once a week or pretty much in every podcast episode artwork that's digitally based, not analog. Again, that's over at retrosupply.co, promo code SCOTTY20. You can thank me later. And you can find everything we talk about in the show notes, as well as links to these sponsors over at perspective-collective.com slash 125. And let us know what you think of this episode. Please spread the good word. Spread all the good value that Elizabeth drops today by taking a screenshot or a video of this episode with you working in the background and make sure to tag me and her over on Instagram so we can connect and that way I can share the love back. It's because of you sharing the show that this show continues to grow and you know I love you for it. As always, keep an open mind and act on anything that inspires you today. PC family, today we are joined by Elizabeth Gray, aka The Greater Good. Thank you so much for joining us today. Welcome to the Perspective Podcast. How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you? I am doing fantastic. For those who don't know, we kind of had a warm-up conversation over a month and a half ago now because we're speaking future in past. So yes, we did an IGTV session, which went over really, really well. Your audience was fired up, and I know a lot of people are fired up for this one. So thank you again for making time to do round two. Of course. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate you asking and I'm looking forward to this. All right. So 
elevator pitch round two. Give us a brief Wikipedia page summary about yourself because there's going to be a lot more people listening to this than that caught our Instagram live session. All right, and I've been working on this. I have notes. So yes. my name is Elizabeth Gray. I'm known on the internet as The Greater Good, spelled G-R-A-Y-T-E-R. Um, I am an artist slash creative person who focuses on hand lettering for brands and also content creation with a little bit of illustration mixed in. Uh, my work is playful, detailed, and most importantly, legible, and always in a monochromatic color palette. Wow. Wow. You got it locked down. And there's always some kind of like inspirational vibe to it too. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, I want to just dive right into the meat because we, we had that pre-warm-up conversation. People can go to our Instagrams to see that. So I want to dive into this again sooner because we talked about, we both listened to Jenna Kutcher stuff. I mean, me every now and then, I'm not the target audience, but she has some gold buried in there. And I know she's big on talking about the five buckets to build your theme and account around, especially like curation is good, but you know, it's good to have some kind of theme of what people can expect. So you talked about it before, what would be your five buckets or what did you hear before from her? And then how did you go more in depth with it to build your account? Because you've amassed a massive following. I'm sure by the time this come out, it's going to be like 140,000. I mean, one can only hope it's kind of taken off this year, which is great. And I appreciate, you know, everyone that's what I call hanging out in my little corner of Instagram because we have a really good time. But um, she really helped me with you know, focusing on exactly, you know, what your message is going to be and what themes you can use, you know, whether it's something like about your personality, like I'm an introvert and I use a lot of, you know, humor, but also real talk about that. I've got, you know, life in an apartment with a cat, but also being a freelance artist, just kind of two other buckets. And then, you know, themes I can use for my art, such as coffee and introversion, and it kind of like, you know, all works together and it gives your audience something to expect. How important is that of expectations in niching down? Or maybe I'm, maybe I'm already getting ahead of myself. Maybe I'm jumping into maybe what you want to talk about. But today, I really want to go into your biggest tips of building an online engaged audience around these themes. So I know you took a hell of a lot of notes. Um, if you could, what would be your three best tips? Like you went all out way more than I was expecting. So I appreciate that. Oh, of course. This is something I love to talk about. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, Instagram, kind of love-hate relationship with it, but it's kind of where everything happened for me. So I'm kind of more on the love side of that. And I sure. feel like I've gotten to where I know how the platform works and I can help other people figure out how to make it work for them and how they can have some success with that. Ah, oh, love it. Love it. This is something I'm really passionate about too. So I can't wait to hear your angle. So let's just start off number one. What's your top tip. Oh, consistency. Consistency. Okay. Oh yeah. These are not an order of importance, but the first thing I have written down is consistency. You know, whether it's how many times you're posting a week and that's different for everybody. Like when I started, I was posting about six days a week and now I'm down to three, but my content, you know, is more detailed and I'm putting more into each post, you know, less is more. Plus I have a lot more work now, so I can't take time to just post six days a week because that'd be a full-time job. So are you full-time freelance? Yes. Right now. Awesome. When did you make that shift? Because you were, you were in the cake decorating business, right? Yes, that was so much fun. That was another, you know, artistic channel, and I still do it a little bit. But um, I think I made that shift November twenty seventeen. It was. Oh wow. Yeah. All through Instagram. So not long. All through Instagram, because it's it's like your portfolio. Who's your main clientele? Ooh. Just random brands that I reach out to and want to work with, or they reach out to me and like, hey, we'd love for you to do blank. And I'm like, yes, I'll put it on my schedule. 
Awesome. So you do the outreach. Your outreach has been big for you. Yes, absolutely. I'm a firm believer in like, okay, if I, you want to work with that company, make it happen. Send the emails, send a follow-up email if they didn't respond to the first one a few months later, you know, chase what you want. Ooh. Ooh, chase what you want. Ooh, mm-hmm. I haven't heard anybody say that way. I don't. Ha- I've never heard anybody yeah. say it that way. Chase what you want. I like that. Mm-hmm. I'm a very tedious note taker, so you know this already. That's all right. I take very messy notes because I'm thinking so quickly and I have to get it all down. When you do bullet journaling too, so you like have way nice structure to everything. I try. It's a structured mess. <laughs> it's a structured mess. Yes, yes, yes. Or orderly chaos. Mm-hmm. So in terms of consistency then, so you started at six times a week. Mm-hmm. Now you're posting three times a week. What's a typical post look like for you? I know, but not everybody else knows. I try to put like a new spin on it or something. So if people have seen a video, say on my feed, then I'll put it on my IGTV or I'll add it as like background content for a story and just kind of keep it in people's minds, I suppose. Like I said, show a new angle on it in the Instagram TV to where, okay, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing to make the time-lapse video better, or this is a coloring technique you can use, or this is like a flourishing technique that you might not have seen in the quick video, but it's easier to tell and like learn from in the long-form video, if that makes sense. What's the importance of consistency? Why is consistency so important? It lets people know what to expect. It keeps, like for branding purposes, it keeps your voice the same across everything. If you're posting consistently, it gives you accountability as well as an artist to keep trying new things. Even consistency, if you're trying to build a brand and grow as an artist, people want to hear from you. And so even consistency across your Instagram stories, like I, it's little stuff like always using the same, maybe the same filter or always using no filter on your stories or using the same, there's what, five different fonts for Instagram stories. I always use one or two. I never use the other ones, you know? So just all the little things you can do to stay consistent, to build trust, to build engagement, to build relationships. That's what's important. I think this is great right now because you're talking about more than just being consistent when posting multiple times in a week. You were talking about the nitty gritties of your brand awareness, how you want people to perceive and experience your brand. That's being consistent. I think that's incredible. It's something that I've definitely like learned over time. But if you want people to show up and hang out in your corner of Instagram and trust you, and if you want to grow, you have to be consistent. And yes, it's a lot of work. A lot of people don't grow because they're not willing to put in the work. They're like, oh, I don't do that anymore. That's too hard. That takes too much time. It can take me up to six hours to, you know, draw a concept for a video and set up everything to film it and then film it and then edit all the clips together. And then think of some sort of caption that goes along with that and make sure everything's so put together. It takes time. It, it takes time. You just have to be willing to put it in. Intention and effort. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think a lot of it comes down to knowing yourself and who do you want to be showing up as the person you want to be in that world and actually being that person as well. So it's having those exactly. five themes, you know, of who you are, it's really understanding yourself and being comfortable with embracing that and showing yourself out there. People crave authenticity these days. And you don't have to share everything. You get to choose what you get to share. And that doesn't mean you're lying. Like, I like video games and I like, you know, biking and I like to go to the gym all the time. That's not necessarily part of my brand and my theme. That's part of me. 
but that's not what I'm sharing right now. It could change, but yeah. You did share that you were listening to the podcast while putting up some weights on a leg press, yes. though. <laughs> Trying to. But it was still on brand with your consistent style, which I want to talk about how do you use an app for stories or anything like that? Because your stories yes. are always so unique. Okay, let's just get into it right now. What app do you use for your stories? It's all about the tangents here. Yeah, there's several great apps. Um, there's one called Unfold, which I like. It has a lot of story templates. So it's got different frames. I have that one. It has like a ripped one and like a theater yes. film one. Okay. Love the film one, love the um, like the internet tab one. That one's really fun. Yeah, um, things like that. You can use an app called Word Swag, which I believe you have to pay for. I like the free apps personally to try them out. And then, you know, if I want to support the creator, I'll buy a few of the different filters or things. But yeah, um, something you can do to make your stories stand out and your Instagram is just not doing what everyone else is doing. Like, don't be boring. That's one of the biggest tips that I have. It's just, don't be boring. You can make what makes you happy. Keep an open mind. Like, yes, I post art, but I try to post it in a really interesting, unique, creative way. Like I'll mock it up on a wall or on a book cover, or just try to do something that are making, that's going to make people want to stop their scroll. Love it. You know, cause there's so much content being uploaded every single day what's going to make them stop and want to engage with you and be interested and hang out in your corner of instagram mm, i love how you keep saying your corner of instagram love it and use like the time lapse for like your coffee pours and everything too you're really really good yes. at it okay cool everything on iphone okay yeah okay here's something crazy also we'll talk about this too but she does everything on her iphone and ipad it's wild it's wild i have to it's it's but that's the key it's like what you have is enough. What you, Be resourceful. Use your imagination. Like you are the queen of doing that. What some people just get so paralyzed, like I don't have the fanciest equipment. I don't have the best pencils. I don't have this or that. Like that's what held me back from doing video. And now each video is slowly improving as I understand it and invest in something better. But I'm making do with what I have. Exactly. And this goes back to the whole people want to grow on Instagram, but they, oh, maybe they don't want to post until they're really good at something. You can't wait until you're good to start. Like maybe we can throw up some of my prehistoric Instagram posts that are just absolutely awful. I thought they were great, but you know, I went ahead and started just throwing that out there into the universe to get some feedback and for accountability. Like you can't wait to start until you have everything you need because then most likely you'll never start. And you guys can go back to episode 120 and listen to the episode all about just starting. So very timely plug right there. All right. <laughs> Enough with the tangents from Scotty at the moment. Let's move on to number two. Well, this is going back to something else we talked about was know your content and your branding, even in your stories. So this is also with consistency, having a consistency over all that content. But, you know, your three to five topics and your buckets, um, your voice across your captions and your stories and everything like that needs to be consistent. Um, storytelling, as opposed to just talking to everyone. Your audience is not everyone. Your audience is a specific people that you're looking for that like and want to learn and talk about the same topics you do. Because if you talk to everyone, you're just yelling into the abyss and no one's going to pay any attention. So I actually had someone tell me something the other day that meant a lot to me. They said, I came for the art, but I stayed for your story. And that just made me feel like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm doing it right. Like, I want to keep that up. It was so encouraging. So thank you to whoever said that because it was anonymously submitted. So this is something I'm working on. I'm getting to know my content and my captions because sometimes I write like a heartfelt caption. 
feels like no one pays attention, but you get like one message of someone who impacted and I have to remind myself, you know, all I'm trying to do is put something out in the world that makes a positive impact on one person at a time instead of, you know, trying to create something for everyone. So, you know, focus on the one person, not for everyone. When you try to create for everyone, it's hard to make your work resonate with someone. All it takes is one person at a time to wave your free flag and get them to join your tribe. Exactly. It's niching down. Yes. You say niching. I say niche, but now I hear everybody say yeah, niching. Niche. And now I want to say both. I never know <laughs> what to say. <laughs> so I'm going to niche down by saying niche from now on. Okay. Okay. Um, number three, what's your, what's your number, what's your number third <laughs> top audience building, engaged audience building tips? Number third. Well, I have a lot of things written down for number three, but they all kind of build back into everything else. I appreciate Appreciating the people you already have and engaging with your audience. Um, I heard, I believe Sarah Tasker said this. She said to spend more time on other people's feeds than your own. Because at the end of the day, it is social media. When I had a smaller following, I was able to respond to every single comment and every single message. And I still do that as much as I can because I want to, I appreciate the people that are already here and I want to show them that. So I mean, if you have one follower, you're an influencer. And if you get one comment or, you know, 20 comments, you should respond to every single one as much as you can. And not just, you know, an emoji, but try to do a little something more, create a conversation, build those relationships. And those are the people that are going to stay hanging out with you in your little corner of Instagram for the long haul. For sure. Um, well, then I think I have a perfect question to bring in from Belinda Co. I said her name right this time. I butchered it last time she yeah. asked a question. Do you, do you know who this is? Her name pops up all the time. She's very, yes, very good at being social. Yes, we chatted a lot on Instagram. Okay. Yes. Oh, and she's so talented with her work and her details and just everything. So. Shout out to Belinda. She's all over the place on Instagram. She's doing it right. But she asks, how do you manage to respond to the billions of DMs and comments when you have such a giant and engaged audience? Do you have to be on your phone for hours? It can get to that point, but I try to schedule time each day to set aside just to engage with people. And... Sadly, like I said, I can't respond to every single one, but um, I, I do read through them all. And if I, I have a question that is asked quite frequently, I'll screenshot that DM, you know, ask permission as long as there's nothing personal and I'll upload it to my stories so that more people have a chance to see it and get their question answered. If you struggle transforming your hobby into a side hustle and have the goal of transforming that side hustle into a side business, then please download your free Side Hustlers War Chest at SideHustlersWarChest.com. Pretty easy. This is your all-in-one toolkit for building a killer creative side hustle and elevating your brand outside your day job. Phase one is compiled of six guides that will help you uh, make focused time to grind outside your day job. It's full of iPad and uh, Procreate resources, drawing resources and tutorials, a murals 101 guide for those who need to get started or looking to elevate their game in the mural painting world. Uh, there's an audience building guide as well as my top book recommendation list for creativity, personal development, in business. I get asked these questions all the time. I compiled everything into one resource and the goal is to continually upgrade and add to this. So please share with me your feedback and your ideas. I want this to be the best resource for you possible. And I want to go deeper in some of these if you feel there's a need to go deeper if you have more questions. Again, download this resource for free at SideHustlersWarChest.com. And also do me a favor, give it a share on social media, letting me know that you've downloaded it or share with me your favorite guide so I can then reshare the love. 
I appreciate you, and I hope you find value in it. Something I want to double up on is we talk about you schedule time for all of this. You must have a, a hella supportive husband who is all about you doing what you're doing. How do you make time for you and make sure you're making time for your relationships? Cause that's like gotten me in trouble in the past. And like, I'm a lot better about it now. Like communication has been huge, but you know, how intentional are you outside of the social media and the brand building with your life? Oh, you, I mean, you have to be, because it's easy when you love your work as much as, you know, us artists do, it's really easy to just pour everything into that and get carried away, you know, stay up till 1am. But I do, you have to communicate with your significant other. And I communicate a lot with my husband and let him know while I'm working through the day. Okay. If he's coming home, you know, oh, by the way, I haven't, dinner's not ready. I need to finish his project. Are you cool with that? Just so like, you know, what to expect walking in the door. I always make sure I stop everything, have dinner with him and let him know, okay, you know, I've got a deadline tonight. I've got to work on that. Just keeping that open communication, but also knowing when to say no and put away all the work and just focus, obviously spending more time with him than on the other things, which can be hard because like I said, we all love our work. How do you know when to say no? Sometimes I don't, but usually I can tell by the look on his face <laughs> when I need to say no. Yes, yes. Just kind of, you know, face palm. Um, I'm, I, I get it. I get it. I'm right there with you. That's a lot of things. Like some people have a really hard time getting addicted to their passion, but when you're addicted to the passion, it's hard to not be tunnel vision to like see that you could be abusing relationships or the other highly things that need to be prioritized, like mental health or, you know, children or wives or spouses or family. Like, yeah, been there. I think that you should know when to stop if what you're doing is negatively impacting other things in your life, like the housework isn't getting done or, you know, your spouse is upset at you or other things are falling away. That's when you need to kind of like check yourself before you wreck yourself. Ooh. Priorities. Let's move on to Charlie Jeffrey's question. How do you come up with the ideas for your pieces that aren't client-based? And what is your process for deciding how to lay them out? Thumbnails, et cetera. Ooh, lots of thumbnails. So normally I like to start with something I'm going to say, which helps the five buckets. If you're just stuck on not knowing what to say, look at that. Do you have like a, a compiled list of ideas that you have stored away somewhere? Or is it always just a fresh one off the noggin? A lot of times it's fresh because I'm very much in the moment. This is how I'm feeling today. This is what I want to talk about because that helps with, you know, creating the piece and then the caption and the engagement and everything like that going along with, well, for me, what I feel in the moment. But um, I do, if I have just like a bunch of random ideas, I keep them all. I've got a sketchbook and a bunch of ideas um, logged on my iPad. So I'm feeling a little stuck or frustrated. I'll have one, you know, that's half done. And I'm able to pull that out. Awesome. Do you act on one of your themes just when it, you're in the moment or do you have like a scheduled day of Wednesday's my introverted day and Thursday is a cat reference. No. For, okay. Okay. You just totally yeah. act in the moment. Cause I know Jenna Kutcher talks about that. You know, this is their day for body positivity. This is this for this, for that predictability. I feel like that kind of puts me in a box. Personally, I like the freedom of being able to talk about whatever I'm feeling like that day. It's still centered around all my topics, but you know, maybe this day I'm just feeling really overwhelmed and I need to talk about self-care and mental health just because that's how I'm feeling. So yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> no, that, that's great. I'm, I'm one of those. I try to act in the muse as well. Um, do you store your ideas then in like a notes app when you say on your iPad? Yes. 
I've got them in my sketching app on my iPad Procreate. I've got, you know, caption and topic ideas in my notes and then uh, just a regular notebook as well that I carry with me all the time and I can just scribble. This one's a mess. When do you decide if you're going to work analog or when do you decide if you're going to work digital? Or do you work digital so much that you force yourself to do analog to get a break? No, I like both so much. It's whatever I'm feeling in the moment. Big on the feels. I like it. Yes, I like all it. the feels. You don't have rules or constraints that you put on yourself. I dig it. That's why I think I was drawn to freelancing is because I always felt stifled. Okay, let's let's keep going with the questions. Unless you had something, also let's backtrack. Did you have anything else you wanted to dive deeper into those uh, top three tips? I guess not a tip, but just be aware that everything's kind of dictated by the algorithm and you're going to have really, really good weeks and really, really bad weeks. And that doesn't necessarily speak to your work. Um, a lot of times it, when I found something or I was working like through a phase where I wasn't like feeling it, I wasn't feeling inspired and my engagement was kind of down. I would just take a good hard look at everything and then be like, okay, I really got to do something really interesting, really good, really crazy. And usually that failure has been a catalyst for success or some new venture or something. Interesting. So when you get an idea, like a crazy mock-up or a floating thing of mugs, do you <laughs> act on that ASAP? If you just have something brilliant, do you just like make time for that ASAP just to get it out? Usually. Yeah. If I'm laying in bed at like 1130 PM at night and like, oh my goodness, I should try this. I'll get out of bed and like write everything down and do like a really, really quick sketch and then get back in bed. Because I have to get it out. Otherwise, I'm afraid I'm going to forget it when I wake up in the morning. So, yeah, I have to at least store it. I love it. I keep a sketchbook by my bed, too. I do the same thing. Perfect. Hashtags real quick. Let's talk about the game of hashing and tagging. Yes. What's your thoughts on you get up to 30? Do you use up to 30 since it's like lottery tickets? Why wouldn't you not want all 30 lottery tickets? Do you use the same kind of set each time? Or what's your strategy for hashtags? I usually, I mean, we're allowed to use all 30. I usually use all 30. And this kind of goes back to the five topics thing. You can do hashtags related, like in bunches related to those topics, as long as they're what your photo is about. You know, you could do um, photography tags, hand lettering tags, type, um, bullet journal, cats, coffee, etc. So with your different topics and themes that you do, so you have a, a set of specific hashtags for each that you have with maybe some kind of underlying, these are the same 15 you maybe use that relate to monochromatic hand lettering? Yes, exactly. Cool. And not using hashtags that have way too many posts under them. I know this is kind of basic maybe for some people who've been doing this a while, but maybe not for others if they're not using hashtags. Yeah, absolutely. If Usually the good rule is a million or less is going to be a community. It's a smaller, more niching down. It's a more niche hashtag and it's going to have an active engaged audience of people who actually care whether it'd be different. You know, the hashtag love has how many millions and millions many. of posts. There's posts getting thrown up every second. And no one's going to see it. Yeah. And, 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 and a lot of people don't know there is the strategy to hashtags is you want to compete to be in like the recent or in the top section of hashtags. Yes. So if you're a smaller account, even using something that's like a million or uh, smaller, like 500,000 to a million, like that's really hard for you to compete in. So even exactly. getting, even if like out of your 30, maybe 20 of them, if you're a smaller account, just in like thousands or less, you know, go try and dominate those 50,000 to 100,000 hashtags, you know, and then have maybe sprinkle in some bigger ones and then sprinkle in just a couple of them, you know, like the, the multi-million ones. So, you know, you go and dominate and try to find those smaller areas for you to live in. 
Exactly. And another good thing is to go to people's feeds that you admire and look to see what hashtags they're using and go check the hashtag before you post in it just to make sure it's a category you want to be in. So you do a little work on your hashtag search research. Yes. Same. I, do. I don't think they're the most important thing, but I think if you're wanting to grow on Instagram, it's definitely something to put some time into and like learn how they work, learn which ones work for you and kind of work with those. And you're on a business account, right? Yes. Have you always found success with a business account? I heard that Instagram was stifling the reach of business accounts and that you're not going to get engagement if you switch over. But Instagram actually came out and said in, you know, press release that they do not do anything different, you know, but at least Instagram has told us that they hasn't. So I went and trusted them because I needed all the different insights for my posts and, you know, um, how many people are clicking on the link in your bio and how many people from what country, like what demographics essentially. Because that's important if you're wanting to work with brands and get paid to post on Instagram, you have to have that kind of information. So for me, it's been really helpful. And I think the people who are thriving the most on business accounts have everything you said, those top three consistency, know your content and appreciate, engage uh, with the people that you have, you know, you understand your brand message. Um, do you also have like a specific time and a day that you shoot for? So you build an, an audience within that time slot? Like, do you have like, this is the time I try to post just, it's going to be different for everyone. And you're in Virginia, correct? Yes. So what's like your money time? This isn't for everyone. So don't go posting exactly the same time as her. Correct. I like to post between five and 6 PM because it's kind of end of day. People are getting off work. They're more on their phones. But people within yeah. your time zone though. So are you, are you not paying attention to like, yes. Most of your audience is United States with the big city of New York and then Los Angeles. And then you also have UK and then you also have like Indonesia, you know, so in five, six o'clock for them, that's somewhere early in the morning for that part of the world. Exactly. So if your audience is more you know, centered in a different part of the world, think about their schedule, what their time is and try to post like, um, I know someone who lives in the US, but most of their audience is actually in the UK. So they have to post at eight or 9 p.m. And then that shows up, I believe it shows up early morning for them. Maybe it's not 8 or 9 p.m. But yeah, you have to, and that's what's helpful with the insights and the audience demographics is knowing exactly where they are and being able to make sure that your post shows up for them. So your insights tells you your audience is most active at like later in the evening? Yes. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Yeah, mine's like in the morning at... You know, nine to noon is the money slot, but my, my engagement's been down right now. So you're making me want to go and rethink everything I'm doing at the moment. But it's, it's like a fun little challenge and task, you know? When you're down, it really forces you to kind of think outside the box and try something new and work at something. Yeah, take the challenge. Don't, don't be one to whine and complain about it like Scotty did in 2017. Don't be that person, you know, be accountable and do something about it. Exactly. Chase what you want. Exactly. Chase what you want. I love that. That's going to be, that's definitely going to be part of this theme of this show. Okay. Um, last question. And then one more quick question before going to rapid fire. Uh, my friend, Emily Miles says, it seems like you've really got the Pinterest game down to a T. I've never even looked at your Pinterest game. Any advice or blogs to read on how this site actually works and how to get active on it? And for me real quick, Jenna Kutcher has been helpful in this area. Yeah. Did you take her, uh, did you take her course? That she put out on it? Not the masterclass. I took the uh, the free webinar. Okay, free webinar. Yeah. For sure. What would your biggest tips be? Understanding the platform. Like, I understand Instagram, and I think that's why I've made it work for me. So understanding how Pinterest works, what works on there, what people are looking for and want to see, and how the tags work and everything. Just understand the platform. It's a search engine. 
Yeah, exactly. It's not social media. So play to the platform. Enable a business account or switch to a business account, verify and claim your domain and enable rich pins. Yes. And think about keywords in your description, within your, uh, your titles, as well as you can use up to 20 hashtags within yes. your posts. So that's something too. And that's not super popular yet, but that is chronological order. Chronological. Cool. And re, you know, repin your own content. Cause it, content on Pinterest kind of stays alive forever. Whereas Instagram, it kind of gets buried in the feed and maybe people forget about it. So remember that as well. Keep it fresh. And then you have like one thing in mind. Are you directing people to your Instagram? Is that your number one goal is to get people to your Instagram? Right now, yes. Because that's where most of my people are and my growth is. And that's where I get a lot of my brand contacts is they'll DM me or send me an email and say, hey, I saw your work on Instagram. Because essentially for an artist, it's kind of like your portfolio. It is. Which Because I'm still working on my website. Yeah, we're going to get with you on building... Uh, putting your eggs in other baskets right now because you you're doing too well. I would hate to see something happen. So yeah, it, and you're gonna you're gonna thrive. I hope so. Well, like Instagram shut down, you know, last week for about twelve hours. I couldn't post them on the podcast. I definitely felt the burn on that. Yeah, you can't rely on that. But I'm working on my website. Heck yeah, awesome. Um, before we go to rapid fire, what's one piece of advice you give to your past self when you were just starting off? I think just to keep it up because there are so many times when everything wasn't going well or it was really really hard or I was working two jobs and still trying to hustle on the side and was just kind of like why am I doing this it's not working am I being stupid to dream you know just to encourage myself and to tell myself to keep going you have no idea where you're going to be in a year like last year I could never have imagined myself being where I am right now I know it's going to be the same next year so just keep it up chase what you want chase what you want that is the title that is the title. Yes. <laughs> All right. Rapid fire questions. If you were on death row, what would your last slice of pizza be? Chicken bacon ranch. Anywhere specific? From a specific place? Uh, my kitchen because I like to cook my own food. All right. I was like, where's my <laughs> kitchen? Is that a nice restaurant down your street? No, my kitchen. Okay. Yes. If we ever link up, can, can you make me some? <laughs> oh, absolutely. I went to culinary school. I will hook you up. Yes, 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 yes. Awesome. Cool. If you could have lunch with one person dead or alive, who would it be and why? I was listening to this on your other podcast to be prepared for the rapid fire questions. And I'm not sure about this one. Um, Julia Child. Ooh, actually, probably yes. No, uh, really? I was just kidding because of culinary. I grew up without cable. So all I could watch was Bob Ross, Julia Child, and like, Iowa public television. So like reading rainbow, that was like only thing I got to grow up watching. Loved reading rainbow. Yeah. Yes. We, just, we didn't have cable. No cable. Reading rainbow was the best. Um, Julia Childs are honestly, Bobby Flay is amazing. Now we're off of lettering and onto food, but he's rad. I'm hungry. I'm on my lunch period right now. Too, right? So. <laughs> All right. Um, what's your go-to lettering weapon of choice? Ooh, analog or digital. Mm, let's go analog because everybody's doing digital right now. And I really appreciate how much effort and attention and detail you put into your analog pieces. Pencil eraser and a gel pen. Yeah. The gel pen. That's all I need. That's all I was I waiting need. for the gel pen. Man, this, <laughs> this chick fills out whole images with a gel pen because it's juicy and you get that ink flow that you like, right. To get it dark. So, and it makes a really nice video. It's not boring content. So not boring content. Perfect. Yeah. Everybody's like, wow, she's crazy, but this is so satisfying to watch. Yeah, well, I am crazy, but that's what makes it fun. <laughs> yeah. All right. Here's another one. 
how do you make your Instagram gifts and how can people find and use yours? I saw you just post that in your stories and I think this is so cool. I love it when I like randomly see your gifts and I was using yours and didn't even know it. But now I like, can't, I can pick them out, you know, just cause I know your style now. Because branding and consistency, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I make those actually using my iPad. I will have actually a tutorial on that that's gonna be the first blog post when my website goes up which hopefully it should be up that's my goal by the time this podcast episode goes up so you can go check out that tutorial I will have everything completely in depth but basically make transparent files on your iPad think through the different frames and how you want the gift to act upload it to Photoshop turn it into a little video you have to have a branded account on Giphy and have that approved so you can actually people can use your gifts and then you just add what hashtags you want so I have the greater good elizabeth gray and then everything on the topic of the gift as well awesome that was a really long answer <laughs> no that's perfect rapid fire rarely or rapid yeah what's your favorite coffee brand javelia javelia the only thing i drink or make at the house and drink i'll like to go out and visit a local coffee shop but yeah it's swedish coffee it's amazing do you grind your own beans oh yes is there any other way <laughs> do you have like a chemex press or what what's your process um, a conical drip coffee maker. So not a basket, but a cone. Okay. Gives you better flavor. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Learning so much. I know this one, <laughs> but not everybody else does. Cats or dogs? Cats. 100%. You're the first person to answer what I wanted to hear. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Emmy's Cats not with us, but if you want to go see Emmy, go jump on her Instagram. I think she has a story highlights or go watch our IGTV episode because both of our cats, Lucy and Emmy, are like identical, except Lucy's like 15 times. To- it's bigger. You know, uh, our cats are all over <laughs> that one. So uh, where do you get your inspiration online and offline? I try not to look for it online because it's honestly more detrimental to your creativity than helpful. Offline, I like to look at patterns, textures, fabric. Um, there's type everywhere. You know, if you look at board games, if you look at road signs, if you look at restaurant menus, I love to just gather all that information. So. Everywhere but the internet. Let's say that. I'm digging that as like the pattern of what people continue to keep saying and stop looking online for stuff. And I love that because there's so much people regurgitating the same work. Beautiful answer. All right. Last one. Where can people go to follow you and support you? Uh, you can find me at, at the greater good on Instagram spelled G-R-A-Y-T-E-R. Same on Pinterest. Don't really do Twitter. And my website thegreatergood.net should be up by the time this episode airs in April. So yeah, Instagram and the website. Awesome. Come hang out in my little corner. Your real, your own pixel patch of your own land on your website. Rented land. (laughs) Elizabeth, thank you so much for your time today. And you have by far been the most prepared guest and you always deliver the value. You're always so open and transparent with your process and sharing what you know. I know I can speak for everyone. Thank you so much for your time today course i really appreciate you inviting me i love having the chance to just chat with you and push my introverted self out of the box thanks i had a really good time you handle it so well and despite technical difficulties that people probably won't even notice you know because we got bomb editors over here no you crushed it and you are official family of the podcast and you will definitely be on again if you want to of course i look forward to it already all right have a fantastic day we appreciate you thanks you too same cool Thank you.
PC family, Elizabeth Gray of The Greater Good. Elizabeth was hands down one of the most prepared guests for the show, and she put a ton of effort to make sure she brought you as much value as possible. And she's someone I'm stoked to watch in the coming years as she's barely scratching the surface of what she's capable of. And right now, I truly believe she's just setting up this massive foundation and groundwork to be a legendary badass creative woman while taking us along for the ride. So thank you so much for your time today, Liz, and do what you do best. If what she said today made an impact on you, go blow her up on social media and tell her your biggest takeaway. DM her for sure as she's incredible at getting back to people. Again, thank you so much for your time today. We will no doubt have a a follow-up episode down the road. So thanks again, Elizabeth. We appreciate you. And I want to plug the Facebook community really, really quick. So as you can hear, People are asking questions, you know, each week I'll source questions for each person that I interview. So you get a chance to get your name on an episode outside of becoming a listener of the week. So if you're looking for that community of like-minded people who are sharing their work, sharing resources, providing feedback and collaborating all across the world, we would love to have you be a part of our Facebook family over at The Perspective-Collective. Come and join and be a part of this movement, yo. And if you're digging what you hear and the show has helped you at all in your creative grind, there are a few ways that you can help. First off is by financially supporting the show and backing it over at patreon.com slash perspective podcast like my family over at Iron Bean Coffee Company did. And the second way you can do this is by subscribing and leaving a rating or review over an Apple podcast or an iTunes. And not only does this help the show climb up the charts in the arts design category, but it allows me to return the love by giving you a shout out as a listener of the week. And this week's listener of the week comes from Ant Ferretz. Pretty sure this is Pedal Strokes. On Instagram, Anthony, I believe is his name, titled it, Keep It Up. They say, hey, Scotty, love the podcast. Listen to it every week via your website. I keep hearing about the Facebook group, so I joined, and now I'm writing this review. Keep up the amazing work, and I hope to be on the podcast someday. FarettoDesigns.com. Thank you, Anthony. I appreciate that. that. That's so funny. I keep getting people saying they want to be on the show and earn it someday, and that, that fires me up because you know that means that the show is making an impact on you to for you to elevate your game as well. So that that's awesome and so encouraging to hear. And as I wrap things up, I want to give a huge thanks to my podcast editor, Anya Brennan, executive assistant Paige Garland, and my video specialist, Colton Bacher. You three are the glue that makes this happen. And a huge thanks goes out to Nick Jenkins of Bluka for all the dope theme music you hear on this show. Listen and support him at SoundCloud, Spotify, and Instagram at Bluka. That's B-L-O-O-K-A-H. And as you finish off your week strong, I want to encourage you to keep showing up, keep putting in the work, and keep creating. You got this.